once we've done everything in our control, that anxiety becomes destructive and we want to know when we make that shift into what's no longer helpful and then stop it. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleats. I'm not sure where the time has gone. We're in the holiday season, an important time to find hope amid the chaos that our frontline workers have worked through over the past two and a half years. And the focus of episode two, which Katie found helpful. She's a spiritual care counselor at our Vacaville Medical Center and writes, this is amazing and a wonderful podcast, very moving work. Thank you for all of your work. And right back at you, Katie, thank you. And keep those comments coming. The holiday season is filled with so many emotions. It is a time when our anxiety could go through the roof, from finding time to put up decorations to managing family dynamics. To help us navigate the holiday gatherings, let's turn to Dr. Susan Burnstone, a licensed clinical social worker who has counseled frontline nurses throughout the pandemic. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, Susan. Thank you so much, Carrie. And let me start by just saying thank you for all that you do and for all that the listeners do. We are so blessed. They are a fantastic team. Susan, in your conversations with nurses, you've seen a troubling shift in attitudes toward frontline workers since the beginning of the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit about that? At the very beginning of the pandemic, we really celebrated our frontline workers. In different parts of the country, there was this ritual of going out at the windows at six o'clock, clapping for them, and everybody was celebrated. And then all of a sudden, there was some political turnarounds and a lot of different degrees of the way in which frontline workers were viewed, connected with both vaccinations, masking, not being able to go out and indoors. The shift went from nurses and frontline workers being celebrated and heroes to now being blamed for some of the restrictions that were being experienced. And now I know a lot of nurses and other staff that actually hide their IDs, whereas at the first part of the pandemic, they were proud and now they actually have to hide it. Healthcare workers, especially our nurses, are always demonstrating compassion towards their patients and the teams they're working with. They're phenomenal. How can they, we, turn that compassion inward as we prepare for dealing with the emotional challenges which often come from the holiday season? One of the things that I always recommend that we all need to do really is to focus on us. And a lot of times nurses and frontline workers are so focused on wanting to give to other people, to their patients, to their teams, that they actually feel guilty taking some time for themselves. But it's so important that we take the time for ourselves and give to ourselves. And even if there are some people that really can't accept that and embrace that, then think about it as you're doing it for your patients. Because in order for you to be at your very best, you need to take care of yourself. You have to. The car can't run without the gas in the car. And you need to fill up. And so again, I would love it if everybody could really put themselves first for a moment and give to themselves for themselves. 
your analogy of using the gas can is great. I always use the one in the airplane. You have to put your oxygen mask on first before you take care of somebody else. You have to do it. Right. But you know, what's interesting. I've had people actually tell me that they wouldn't do that in that situation. And it comes from a really just not a believing it. And that's why I say, you know, you have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's not going to work. You're taking care of the other person by taking care of yourself. So with this as a backdrop, the holidays add particular emotional challenges for many of us as families from different beliefs, whether it's about wearing masks, getting vaccinated, or just different political or social views come together under one roof. And that's a lot to handle. And it creates what's known as anticipatory anxiety. Can you help us understand that term? Anticipatory anxiety is generally when you have anxiety about the unknown, the uncertainty of what's going to happen. Things that are not in our control and when we don't know what the outcome is going to be, we start to fantasize about what is going to happen. And instead of thinking about good outcomes, of course what we're doing is we're playing out those horrible outcomes. Anticipatory anxiety helps us to a degree. Let's say we hear that a storm is coming. What do we do? We get a little panicky. We get anxious. Oh no, there's a storm mm -hmm. coming. So we want to then do what we can to prepare. Maybe we take out our flashlights. We get our medications. We figure out where we're going to go if we need to leave the home. Once we've done everything in our control, it's no longer constructive, that anxiety. That anxiety then becomes destructive and it's anticipatory anxiety. And we want to know when we make that shift into what's no longer helpful and then stop it. So what should we do to prepare ourselves for that destructive component, that anticipatory anxiety? The analogy that I like to use is when people play the lottery, they don't sit around and think about, well, what am I going to do if I lose? No, what people do is they imagine, what am I going to do if I win yeah. that $17 million lottery? So right. shift in and play that game as a winner. So let's talk a little bit about boundaries and what happens when you, uh, you set the boundaries and then you lose them. The first thing you can do is just realize it. You realize, oh no, I had set this for myself. I said I was going to do this and I didn't and I've lost it. Congratulate yourself for catching it and realizing that you've lost the boundary and then say to yourself, okay, now what? What's still important? What about that boundary do I still want to keep? The other thing that I would recommend is to have an anchor with you to remind you of the boundary so it brings you back to a calm place when you've crossed or lost the boundary. So for instance, maybe if you have a, a necklace that brings you a lot of joy or somebody mm. gave it to you or it's special, you can touch the necklace or a watch or a ring or something in your pocket so that you associate it to bringing you back to that boundary and it reminds you of what's important and now what you can do. Oh, that's a great idea. I always thought of having somebody else with you, but I wear a bracelet all the time. It's just a positive reminder of all the good when you run into challenging situations. So thank you for that. We at Kaiser Permanente love our acronyms. So you, I think, have one of these tools that has an acronym. Tell us about SNAP. 
SNAP is a method to use when you feel like you're going to kind of lose it, or even when you're losing it in a relationship where you're actually about to snap or the other person snaps. And in this case, what SNAP stands for is stop, name, accept, and plan. Let's say you're making the plans for holiday. You have so much to do. You're buying for everybody. You're making all these plans and you feel really stressed out and you're just about to lose it. You remember, okay, I'm just going to snap. Oh, wait, remember this snap. So you stop and then you name what you're feeling. So let's say you're feeling overwhelmed, but maybe really what you're feeling underneath is resentment because you have taken on all of these jobs and you're doing it all alone. And so then you accept the feeling. The A in SNAP stands for accept because whatever you're feeling is okay. Then the P stands for plan. So what can you do about that? You can make a plan okay, I feel resentful that I am doing all of this and nobody else is doing anything else. Okay, so what's the plan? I can go and ask somebody. And for a lot of healthcare workers, we are not used to asking for help. We offer, we do. So in that example, it's about, okay, who can I ask and who's more likely to say yes? So that's the short version of SNAP. This holiday season, take advantage of the mini Kaiser Permanente employee discounts available to you by going on to HR Connect slash benefits and wellness slash employee discounts to help you save money on your holiday shopping list. Now back to our conversation. So in the spirit of a classic TV show, which might date both of us, Susan. So, so Frasier, people remember Frasier, loved it. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Let's open the phones and take questions from our frontline nurses. Are you ready? I'm listening. <laughs> so let's start with Ruby Ruiz and RN at Kaiser Permanente Santa Rosa. Dr. Susan, what I am anxious about this holiday is that I'm going to be away from my family. I will be working a five-day stretch throughout the holidays. So I won't have the opportunity to be with them. And I'm also anxious with all these colds and flus going on. And I hope that we don't get any of it. There's two parts to that question. I want to address the first part. So there's a couple of suggestions I have for this. First of all, you're away during, it sounds like, during the entire holiday season. So one would be, can you reschedule that in-person holiday celebration? and have a belated celebration on another day. The other piece is that while you're away, is there a way that you can be part of the gathering, if your family is gathering, through either Zoom or a phone call, if that works? And the other suggestion would be that while you're at work, celebrate with colleagues and also to really let in why you are there and to let in all of the gratitude that I'm sure so many people feel because you're there doing your job and you're making a difference. Part two of that question is around your worry and anxiety about getting sick and how to prevent colds and viruses in that piece. I think it's so important to reinforce doing everything in your control, like wearing masks, like hand washing. Because I think you're right in terms of being worried about that at this particular time. 
Let me also add, Ruby, thank you so much for your sacrifice of taking care of our patients and members during the holiday and being separated from your own family. You're joined by many thousands of nurses within Kaiser Permanente and other caregivers within KP who make this sacrifice every year. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. And so is our community. So thank you so much, Ruby. Next is Katie Griffin, a labor and delivery RN at Kaiser Permanente, Santa Rosa. Dr. Susan, my anxieties around the holidays are to make sure that I am keeping the balance for my children of creating magic and feeling like they're receiving the things that they would be excited about while also being mindful of how privileged they are and making sure that they know the spirit of generosity that actually this season should be about. You do want to make sure that you're giving to your children some of the things that they want that you feel comfortable with and that match your values. And there's also ways to get them to both appreciate what they have as well as giving to others. So a couple of recommendations that I have is that one, you can talk to them and have them list out what they are most grateful for. You can sit around and do a gratitude list. And this can be regardless of the age of the kids that you can all talk about or draw pictures around what they're grateful for. The other thing that they can do is you can have them identify either children or anyone that they feel bad for or that they identify that needs something and that they may want to do for someone else. Maybe it's a grandparent or maybe it's a friend at school that was recently ill. And there's lots of different ways that they can give to them. If not in person, you can have them draw pictures and send cards and get well things to that either ill family member or ill child. They can make something, make a craft. So we also know how important it is to practice self-care. But the holidays, sometimes the self-care takes a backseat even more than normal. What do you recommend? What are some suggestions? You want to take care of your basics. You have to make the time. And even taking a couple of minutes for yourself to do something that brings you joy every single day, starting right now, do something, even if it's only for five minutes, that brings you joy. Could be that you sing in the shower. The other thing to remember are those basics, taking care of the physical needs, eating right, drinking water, getting exercise. Even if while you're in the kitchen cooking, move. You're doing dishes, dance, you're with your children, just move a little bit more. So you might have to give up your regular workout because you don't have the time. So then do a jumping jack or two while you're with the family. Go for a walk after the big meal together. The dishes will get done later. Have a dance party while you're doing dishes. What a great idea. I also end each podcast asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal and to rebound from the past two plus years? One idea would be to take the team and to have people write anonymously on a piece of paper one to three things that they have appreciated most about their team members. Let's say there's 10 people in the team. So you would write 10 different pieces of paper, put the person's name on it, And then everybody gives to everybody else anonymously. So imagine having nine pieces of separate paper with the things that others have appreciated most about you. 
I love that suggestion. I think that's fantastic. And you don't have to wait for the holidays to do that one. That's just great. And we all always think about it has to be something that you purchase. And in fact, the things we remember most are the ones that touch our heart. And that's just such a beautiful example. So thank you so much for sharing. And it's such a great suggestion for our listeners. We also have reference materials for you to deal with anxiety. From episode eight, we had a personal trainer take us through a typical day to help us get our bodies moving in ways we might not have thought of before. And we have tips to ease anxiety regardless of the season. Both are in the show notes to this episode. I'd like to thank Dr. Susan Burnstone, licensed clinical social worker who has counseled frontline nurses throughout the pandemic. Susan, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much, Carrie. This has been my pleasure. And thank you to all our listeners for all the work that they do. This podcast is just one of many resources to support your well-being, including the Ginger app. It's part of the suite of self-help apps we offer to KP employees who are also members. You can find additional resources from physical health tools to mental health support to how to thrive at work on HR Connect under Benefits Wellbeing. I started this episode reading a comment from a listener, and I'd like to invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. Send it in an email or buy a short audio clip to live well and thrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. Wishing you a happy and healthy holiday season filled with joy and hopefully only manageable stress. <laughs> I'm Carrie Owen Please, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.